Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for a spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Time and distance are no barrier to energy, and that means no matter when you're listening, no matter how you found us, you are here for a reason. And I hope that something in the next hour lights you up and helps you move forward. Now, all of us in our own way, on our own paths, experience loss, illness, trauma, pain, Why is it that some of us manifest disease or post-traumatic response to an event, but others don't? Why do some people heal from emotional and physical issues while others don't? My guest today is Amy B. Scher, and after years of struggling with life-threatening illness, and when doctors had given up all hope, she healed herself. And she's here to share her story and to help us learn the keys to true healing. Are you ready to meet her? Amy B. Sher is a leading voice in the field of mind-body-spirit healing. As an energy therapist, she helps those experiencing illness and those in need of emotional healing. Her new book is How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can. Amy's been featured on CNN and in Curve Magazine, Elephant Journal, and the San Francisco Book Review. You can find out more about Amy and her work at amybshare.com. Amy, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. I think, why don't we start with your own healing journey? What is it that brought you to this place on your path? Sure, I'd love to share that. And I never imagined I'd be at this place on my path, but that's what the super cool thing about life is we end up in places that we never would have imagined. That is absolutely so, true. Right, right. Um so yeah, so I um, was in my early 20s when I started having some health problems um, and just little things, migraines and some nausea and went to the doctor and the doctor said, oh, you are having hormonal issues, you're in your early 20s. And I thought, okay, that sounds fine. I guess that's about right. And I went off and, you know, kind of forgot about it for a while. And then in my mid-20s, I took a really cool job as a marketing director for Harley-Davidson And I thought I was in my dream job and I started having some more severe medical issues. I started having a hard time walking up the little ramp from the, um, from my office to the kitchen. I started having some tingling in my legs, just kind of weird symptoms for a mid 20 year old. And so back to the doctor I went, by this time I had a different doctor, back to the doctor I went, and this time I actually had something serious. They diagnosed me with neuropathy, which is nerve damage. And often people with diabetes have neuropathy, but I was in my mid-20s and I was healthy as far as we could see. And it was a big diagnosis for um, for somebody my age with no other health problems that we could see. So with that, I went into this crazy loop of medical testing and medical treatment, and I was actually um, ordered off of work from my neurologist. And again, at 25 years old, all of this was a little bit of a whirlwind for me. But the disease, the neuropathy, started to progress, 
And I also started to get other problems. I started to get arthritis and my the migraines that I was having came back and felt like my body was just falling apart. I couldn't use my arms. I couldn't lift my arms to wash my hair by myself. I was starting to have a lot of muscle weakness. And so I kind of went in this place for a long time trying to figure out what, because it couldn't have just been the neuropathy, what it really was that was was kind of taking over my system. And to make a long part of this story short, you know, a little bit shorter, I was eventually diagnosed with Lyme disease. And Lyme disease is a systemic disease caused by a bacteria, which is often transferred by ticks. And now we know more about Lyme disease where um, we believe that it can be transferred by fleas and um, and even even sexual intercourse with, you know, other people who have it. And there's more and more knowledge about it now. But at that time, it looked like I was bitten by a tick that transferred this bacteria to me that infiltrated my system and was causing all of these problems. So I thought, finally, I had a really great diagnosis and that I would just need to take the antibiotics and then that would cure everything. And what happened was I went on mega doses of antibiotics because that's what they do for Lyme disease if you don't catch it early on. If you catch it early on, then you're usually okay. You get a small dose of antibiotics and everything's okay. And you know, But if it stays for a long time, you have a problem. So I did the treatment and that didn't work. And I did a bunch of alternative treatment and that didn't work. And it was really, really sick. I had arthritis. I couldn't get in and out of bed by myself. I mean, it was really mostly bed-bound by this point mm. and um, had gone to some of what I thought were the best medical institutions in the United States. I went to the Mayo Clinic and I went to a well-known hospital in Chicago and all these well-meaning doctors were trying to figure out what was happening to this, you know, fairly young person and nobody, nobody could really figure out how to fix it. And so that led me to a place where I found out about an experimental treatment in India that used stem cells to help repair the body. By this point, I felt like I had taken care of the bacteria because I was on um, injections of antibiotics and I had taken a million supplements and I had tried everything I could to eradicate the bacteria. But what I realized at some point was my body was so broken down with the arthritis and the nerve damage from the neuropathy and I just didn't have the the body of a healthy person even though I felt like the bacteria was gone. And stem cells hold a lot of promise for regenerating muscles and nerves and other tissues. But the problem was that this was in a, you know, in a third world country and it was in an area I had never been and it was expensive and it was experimental. It was an you know, a treatment that was not approved by the FDA and, you know, very, very experimental. But at that age, I felt like I couldn't not do it. And so I begged my parents (laughs) to get on a plane and go to India with me. And they did. And they went for eight weeks, a little bit over eight weeks of experimental stem cell treatment. And I left the stem cell clinic walking and off most of my medication. Wow. It had had helped my body heal to such an incredible point that I was able to come back from the illness. 
And so I flew home and I thought, okay, great. Now I can get back to my life, right? That nightmare is over. I'm just going to go back to my life. And I came back and I was doing pretty darn well for a while. Not perfect, but pretty darn well, especially considering where I had started. And about a year or so later, I started having those symptoms come back. And by this time, I was out of money and I was out of energy and I was out of patience and I sat quietly and I thought, there must be something else to this. I'm, my body was essentially recreating illness for some reason after what seemed like a cure. And this is what, this is where in my story I feel like is the big turning point because I had an epiphany that if we treat the body and the body doesn't heal and stay healed, then it's not only the body that's creating the illness. There has to be some other aspect. If treating the body doesn't work, then it's not the body that needs to be treated. And this was far from anything I ever thought I would think because I'm very science-minded and I knew everything about my illness and how it happened and why I had, you know, I researched all my lab, you know, lab results and so I decided to kind of go in a different direction, which was looking at why this was happening beyond I got bitten by a tick or beyond maybe I wasn't eating 100% organic or whatever it might have been at the time. And I discovered something called energy medicine, which is using the body's energy system to to sort of as a tool for health, so to balance the body's energy system. And we all have an energy system. We think we're all physical, but we're definitely not. And probably most of your listeners or a lot of your listeners are familiar with this. But we have energy that runs through our body. And when that energy becomes blocked, it can create emotional and or physical symptoms. And one of the modalities to help support the energy system is Chinese medicine, so acupuncture and herbs. So when I decided to check this out and see if this could help me, you know, move in the right direction, I found a Chinese medicine doctor and that's where I started my big journey in energy work. And the rest sort of sent me on in a new direction that led to my ultimate healing. And what I like about your story, Amy, that it's, it's terrifying and inspirational because it to me there's I have healing and then I have the cycle repeating and then I have some more healing and what I like about the story is that it doesn't come to a place where you are completely free of all attachment and everything is fine and rainbows are all around you and flowers spring up when you walk it it really (laughs) comes to a place where you are healthy and in balance and as issues rise up you deal with them does that seem right that's what I get from reading your story Yes, absolutely. And so when I started to work with a Chinese medicine practitioner and learn all about how these imbalances were affecting me, I did acupuncture and I drink herbal tea. And then I decided to use it as an opportunity to delve deeper and find out why our energy system gets imbalanced in the first place. I'm a, um, I'm a shortcut person. So I was thinking, well, I could go to acupuncture forever. And acupuncture, I mean, really, really has been helpful for me. 
So, so nothing against acupuncture, but I could go to acupuncture forever or I could figure out why I need acupuncture in the first place. And yes. for me, that was really, really important. So I did. I started reading the works of Bruce Lipton and Carolyn Mace and um, Louise Hay and all of these people who were further along in their learning than me. And we're talking about how emotions and beliefs and the way we see the world affect our physical body. And at first I have to say I was skeptical because I thought that I was a really positive person to even get to a place where you survive the kind of illness that I did. I think you have to have some sort of positive outlook. But what I realized was positive thinking isn't always big enough. And I talk to so many people now who are frustrated with feeling like they failed because they're thinking positive, but it's not working. And I think we have to go beyond positive thinking into positive feeling. We have to get to a place where we feel positive, where we're not just sort of wrangling our thoughts and manipulating positive positive affirmations, but where we really let go of old beliefs and yucky energy from the past and emotions and things people did to us and things, you know, times where we failed and we're still beating ourselves up. And when you release all of that, you can come to a place of positive feeling. And I believe that's when the body really thrives. There's a challenge in there because that part of that cycle of chronic illness or chronic pain or chronic trauma, chronic loss, whatever it is, you kind of forget how to feel good. Like what, what is that? I don't, or what is this happiness you speak of? I don't remember. Right. right. And, and what I tell my clients is you just have to reach for the closest sort of good feeling thing. So I remember days where I had so much nerve pain in my body. I mean, really everywhere. And the only thing sometimes I could do is think, well, I don't think my hair hurts. And I don't think my pinky toe hurts, but literally that was all I could find. But, but we have to start small. It's very, very hard to go from a place of misery, if that's where you are, to I'm so thankful I have food on the table. You know what I mean? That, that is true that we are thankful that we have food on the table and that we should be happy about that. But when you're in a place of misery, that is too far of a reach. It's too far for the human mind to go very easily. So, we we tend to sort of resist against those big jumps. So what I always, you know, encourage clients to do and what I did was start really small. Can you find something that's not totally, completely miserable, but not the greatest thing either because your brain is just going to go, well, I don't care right now that I have food on the table because I can't get up to go eat it. You know what I mean? It's hard to make that stretch. Well, and it can lead to that. People who've listened to the show have probably heard me say this before, but that kind of, when you try to make the big jump, it can lead to what I call the sarcastic affirmation. I am completely <laughs> yeah. well. I am completely well. Right. It leads to that start that, and that twist, that bitterness really kind of drives us deeper into the negative pattern. Right. Because if you're saying I'm completely well and you can't get out of bed alone, then your brain is saying a million times a day or as many times as you say, I'm completely well no, I'm not. What are you talking about? I can't even move. And then you end up, you can end up affirming a million times a day. I can't even move. Yes. I can't even move. Right. So it is, it is really important. And affirmations can be hugely um, effective, but I always encourage people to say, I'm willing to believe I can be completely well, you know, like to, yeah. to, to make it something that's super positive, but also could be true for you. It makes a huge difference. Now, when we look at 
the root cause, or maybe one of several causes, do we need to know exactly why it is that we're suffering? Do we have to get the exact right answer before we can be healed? This is a loaded question, because I know what you're going to say. Yeah, this is a good question. I love this question. And I think, and, and I get variations of this question, and I think that the answer is yes. I don't think that there's one right thing. But I do get a lot of emails from people who say, you know, I learned about this technology or this program or this whatever, where I don't have to do anything. I just get to listen to this recording or, or be hooked up to this machine, and, and this will clear all of my negative thoughts and, and emotional stuff. What do you think about that? And I always say, I don't think that without delving into and understanding to some extent how you got where you are, you're going to get out completely and permanently, because I think that's part of the amazing thing that illness creates for us is a vessel to make sure we are living our truth and we are living in alignment with ourselves. And I don't, I don't know of anybody who's been able to fix that permanently and completely by not participating in it, because I think it calls for participating in our life at a very deep level in order to work through that. But do you have to find the perfect thing? No. You don't have to go, I know that that caused illness. You just have to take a good, honest look at yourself and say, am I living in a way that feels good to me? Am I in relationships that feel good to me? Am I, um, am I saying things to myself that are nice or am I saying things that are mean? I think it takes some level of analysis, gentle, kind analysis to go like, how did I get here, <laughs> you know, in a curious way? And and for me, I believe that the root cause or the foundation of illness is suppressing who you really are. And I think that stuck emotional energy and beliefs and anything that that, that prevents you from shining your light in the way that you came to this earth to do that can create illness fear of judgment from other people so that you don't speak your mind. I mean, I think fear of being who you really are. I've never seen anybody or helped anybody heal that didn't have that, that sort of component. And so do you have to find every little thing? Certainly not because on any given day, if I go to do energy work or emotional work on myself, I will absolutely find something to work on. But I've been healthy emotionally and physically for many years now. So you do need to, I think you do need to participate in it, but do you need to get everything? No way. That would be more than a lifetime's mission, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's cycles. It's it's energetic cycles. And so we ebb and flow naturally, right? In all, as I, I believe anyway, in all spheres of our being, there's a natural ebb and flow. And so what we're addressing now is not what we're going to be addressing a little ways down the line. I love that you bring up that idea of curiosity, when we're looking at what is it that's causing the illness, what is the cause, how do we begin to lift some of that stuck energy? Curiosity is a much kinder, much gentler way than feeling either driven to do stuff that you don't think is going to help or told by other people that nothing can help you. I love that idea of curiosity. Yeah, I think that helps lead us in a way that feels light instead of heavy and scary and so much pressure, you know, so many people who experience illness, 
you know, in my experience, they're, they're perfectionists. They like everybody to be happy. They want to do everything perfectly. And, and that carries through in a way where they try to heal themselves perfectly and do everything perfectly and eat every perfect food and take every perfect supplement and pick the perfect treatment. And that in of itself is stressful to the body and not healing. It's the opposite of healing. So if we can know that we can approach something with curiosity and just explore, hey, what's here? Does this feel good to me? Can I find a, a way in which I might be participating here? Um, you know, just It just gives a totally different energy and that energy is healing. Now, I know that you believe that that surrendering, kind of allowing ourselves to float instead of always swimming, is an important beginning of healing. And it makes me wonder, have you worked with people who are afraid that by stopping the fight, by surrendering, by stopping that endless battle to try to do whatever it is, that are they afraid they might be overwhelmed by that? Yes, I think, I think you know, and I was one of those people, too, because I was, you know, I was going to fight till the end. And even if it killed me, I was going to, you know, just keep going and just keep doing treatments. And, and, you know, I think that we are confused in a way as a society because we believe that surrender is giving up. And especially in the world of sort of chronic illness, everything's like the battle against this and the fight for this. And I'm a warrior in this. I mean, the energy of our culture, especially, you know, our society's take on chronic illnesses, we are going to battle and we are going to fight. But what we forget is that when we have that energy of fighting, we are directing that into not only at illness or disease, but if that disease is in our bodies, we are directing that energy right into our cells, our diseased ones and our healthy ones too. And so by surrendering, what we're really doing is deciding to give up the fighting energy and just accept for this very moment where we are. And th that frees up so much energy where we can use it for healing because you can either fight your way or flow your way anywhere. It doesn't matter. It's true for relationships. It's true for career. It's true for health. You can fight or flow and it's a lot easier to flow. It's a lot easier and you'll get there faster. But we feel like if we surrender and just go take a deep breath and go, okay, this is where we are right now. Let me just sit here for a second. Let me just be okay with this for a second we feel like we're never going to get anywhere new. And surrendering doesn't mean being totally thrilled where you are. It just means accepting it for now so that you can use that or utilize that energy to move in a new direction. I know we've got just about two minutes before we go to break, but are there, I know you have some really good tools in the book for beginning that surrender. Can you talk a little bit about some of the chants that we sure. might be able to use? Yeah, so I first learned chanting in India, and um, you know, most people think chanting is a religious, religious thing, and it's not. We can use our own voice to calm our body, to move stuck energy, and we can chant any phrase, which is called a mantra, that feels good to us. So um, one of my favorite chants is, I am well, I am whole, and we don't need to be thinking about that in physical terms. Like we talked about the affirmations. If you're sure your body's broken right now, okay, but let's just know that there's a place in us that is well and whole separate from our body. And it's a nice, 
calming, clearing, healing thing to chant that. And so all you have to do is just, just repeat it. I am well, I am whole. I am well, I am whole. I am well, I am whole. You can do it while you're walking. You can do it while you're falling asleep. You can do it while you're in the shower just to help you reaffirm that, to help you, um, to help clear the energy in your body. Your own voice sort of has a percussion effect and to give you a directed healthy thing to do instead of that negative thought loop. And in my book, How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can, I offer tons of different mantras for chanting so that each person finds the one that feels really good to them. And there is power, I agree with you, power in saying it out loud. Um, when, when we engage that vibration of the physical voice, it you are changing the energy just by putting your voice out there, just by making a sound. And so even on the days when you're lying in bed and everything hurts but your hair, if you can make that the tiniest sound, you are making an energetic shift right there. Absolutely. And it's something you're doing for yourself. And I talk a lot about it in my book, but self-healing, the act of self-healing, no matter what modality you're using, is hugely healing to the body. So you're you're, you're doing something that's healing and has so many different benefits and it's easy and free. <laughs> and with curiosity <laughs> and compassion and a sense of humor. Oh, wonderful. Um, you're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. My guest is Amy B. Cher. Her new book is How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can. You can find out a lot more at amybshare.com. When we come back, I'm going to ask Amy to just share a couple techniques where we can identify and begin to lift energetic blocks. And there's much more ahead. We'll be right back after this. Come to the forest. It's a place not so far away. A place where you don't have to mow the lawn or babysit. I saw lizards and squirrels and bugs, ladybugs, caterpillars. It's really cool, actually. A place where you don't have to make time for free time. Lots and lots of kinds of species here. Out here, you may even meet the mysterious creature known as the other you, the enchanted you. It's magic what flowers do. The adventurous you. My favorite tree, yes, is that one. The free-to-be-me you. <laughs> Ask your parents to take you to this not-so-far-away place. Come to the forest, where the other you lives. But first, stop by discovertheforest.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Do you get tired of styling your hair every day? And do you want a good hairstyle every day? Hi, I'm Sarah Schuster. I went on a website called inventnow.org. And after that, I decided to invent something, too. Something called the Insta-Do. Just imagine, you just put it over your head like a helmet does, and you pick your hairstyle with the buttons on the side. Then you can have instant hairstyle in seconds. People like it. People like Jeff Bart. I like it. And people like Kenneth. It's this helmet thing, and it fits over your head, and it's great. Thank you, Kenneth. You should go to inventnow.org, and it could help you come up with your own invention. After all, look at me on the radio now. 
anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. I'm home and I love it. I'm home where I belong. I'm home and I love it. I'm home where I belong. It's always nice to come home, but these days, many Americans are at risk of foreclosure and losing their homes. Fortunately, help is available. Making home affordable is a free program from the U.S. government that has already helped over a million struggling homeowners, and we want to help you. I'm home. I'm home. And I love it. I'm home. I'm home. Find out now what your options are. Go to makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE. The sooner you act, the better chance we can help you. I'm home. I'm home. Where I be Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. And now back to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager on Empower Radio, EmpowerRadio.com. Welcome back to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Amy B. Scher. Her new book is How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can, A Total Self-Healing Approach for Mind, Body, and Spirit. You can get more information about Amy and her work at amybshare.com. Let me go ahead and spell that for you. It's Amy, A-M-Y-B-S. C-H-E-R.com, amybshare.com. And of course, I welcome your comments and your questions and your feedback about what you're hearing. You can always reach me via email, karen at karenhager.com, and the website is karenhager.com. Amy, we were talking a little bit about uh, using chanting to help with that surrender, that first stage of healing, kind of allowing ourselves to float instead of fighting all the time. Are there other things that we can do to ground ourselves and to help us with that letting go process? Yeah, I think anything that keeps us feeling safe in the present moment. So that's one of the reasons chanting works is it allows us to be in the here and now without trying to run away. It gives us something comforting, something healing to do so that we can sit where we are and be present for that. Um, you mentioned gray, you mentioned grounding, and I know you probably didn't need it in this way, but but grounding, putting your feet on the earth's surface, on grass, or dirt, or sand, or even unsealed concrete, is very, very helpful. The earth has its own special healing properties and energy, and when we connect to that, it helps regulate the energy flow in our own bodies. And so by going outside and being able to ground, that is also really helpful in the surrender process. It helps to calm the body down. So I say anything that calms your body down and allows you to accept where you are in the moment is very, very important. One other thing that I use um, all of the time and that I teach every single one of my clients is tapping on the thymus gland. And I'm just going to spell, the, spell, spell um, the thymus gland for you because everyone always thinks I'm saying something else. But thymus gland, T-H-Y-M-U-S, is basically in your, under your breastbone, in your chest. If you find where you, in, on your neck, where you would tie a tie, if you were to tie a tie, kind of in that notch of your neck, if you go in out about an inch below that on, on your chest, 
under your breastbone, there is a gland called the thymus gland. It's the master gland of your immune system. And energetically, it has a lot to do with stress. And when we tap this part of our chest, it creates a percussion effect that kind of works its way through the thymus gland, which is attached to your energy system, and clears blockages in the energy system. It also gives a good boost to your immune system, and we all know um, we could use that at any given time. So if you just take um, three or four fingertips of one hand and just tap in that area, when you're feeling strong emotion, when you're feeling like you want to fight, when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling frustrated and sad, if you tap there, it actually helps release stress from the body and balance and calm your energy system. So you can cry and have a meltdown and scream if you need to, but if you tap at the same time, it will help you process all of those emotions out of your body so that you can be present and surrender to the moment that you're in instead of running away from it. So that's what I that's what I use a lot when I'm having any kind of emotional energy come up. I just sit with it and I tap at the same time so it doesn't have to feel so scary or uncomfortable. And it also is a cool way of using your physicality to sort of regain energetic control or to Absolutely. move that energy in a way that serves you instead of is instead of pulling you down. Exactly. What are some ways that we can start to identify what what is blocking us? What is holding us back? I know you said you don't have to have like the one right answer. In 1978 on Thursday at 4 p.m. in April, <laughs> someone was mean to me and now I, you don't have to have that. But how do we start to look at what might be clogging up the works? So there's two things that are easy to look at. I mean, two ways that are really easy to identify things. Because most people who, who, who I work with come to me and say, I don't know what's stuck. And now that the book is out, people can figure it out by themselves. But before that, nobody ever, you know, came to me knowing what was stuck. It's just like, I, I feel stuck or I feel sick and I don't know what it is. So one of the practices that I have people do is watch your thoughts. Take any two hours of the day. Just start with that. That will be plenty. And just listen to yourself in your head. And there you will find much material to start working with. <laughs> Because you are probably saying all kinds of things that would most certainly not be good for your emotional or physical state. And those things that you're saying are often beliefs that you have about the world. Like, I suck. I'm not good enough. Um, there's never enough money to go around. Um, everyone else can heal but me. We're talking those kinds of things. And if you listen, you'll hear yourself saying them. And if you take a whole chunk of two hours you will probably have enough material to work with for quite a while because you will become very aware of all the things you tell yourself. And um, I mentioned the work of Bruce Lipton earlier, but Bruce Lipton wrote a book called, he's written several books now, but my favorite is The Biology of Belief. And he, it basically is talking about how whatever we tell ourselves and whatever we believe, whatever those stories are, actually affect our physiology that our physiology, our body, responds and reacts to what we believe. And so if we believe that we can never get better, our body, our physiology, actually adapts to that belief to create a reality from it. So 
and he and he explains the science of it beautifully, but we need to make sure that the stories we tell ourselves are the stories that we want to live in our reality, because if they're not, they have to be changed. And so just by observing, you will find lots of good things <laughs> that you can that you can work on. So then where are those, if I'm observing those thoughts, where are those thoughts coming from? How are, how are those getting in there? Yeah, so those get in there usually when we're young, um, usually before the age of seven, when something happens to us and we make a meaning out of it. So let's say that in second grade or first grade, we um, were bullied at school and somebody's calling us names and we decide in our limited experience at that age in first or second grade that that, that, that must be true about us because one person told us that, right? And then we start to tell ourselves that story and that becomes our belief that we're, you know, ugly or stupid or whatever it is that someone told us. And we go along in life believing that. And when things happen to us in life, we, we notice right away when something happens to us in life that could confirm that story. So we have this skewed perspective. If we live in a way where we feel like we're stupid or ugly, then everything in life looks like it's pointing that out to us because we've made the meaning of that, that that person knew more than us or more than our mom who told us we were beautiful and smart or whatever it may be. And, and that becomes our story. And so we need to start telling ourselves a different story and we often need to go back and it's not, not a heavy thing to do like people think it would be, but we need to go back to those old stories and release them from our body, which is a lot of what I talk about in the book using emotional freedom technique or a technique that I created called thymus test and tap, which goes back and I walk everybody through, but identify what's still stuck in our body so we can release it. Because if you don't release it from the body, many times we go through life understanding maybe at this point that we're not actually stupid or ugly, but our body still has the old story that we are. And we've been practicing that for so many years that it's stuck. So this helps the aspect, you know, many people go to talk therapy or cognitive therapy to understand, but, but I see a lot of people who understand from a logical point of view that they are good enough, but they, but, but talking about it doesn't seem to do the trick for them. They need to somehow release all those old stories from their energy body. And so that's really what my work is about is just clearing it from the body, releasing it from the body so that it's much easier to have a new vantage point or a sort of a new mental perspective. Because while those old stories are living in there, it's so hard for you to talk yourself into something new. Is there an example or a technique that you could share? Maybe there's something that we could do right now in a very small way um, that the listeners could do. Sure. Can you tell me how long I have? Do I have five minutes? <laughs> 13 hours. There's no pressure. Um, <laughs> sure. If you want to, if you want to take five minutes, the only thing is that we can't really have silence just because of the whole radio thing. That's okay. I'm, I'll, nope. I'm just going to talk. I'm going to talk everybody through it. Does that work? Oh, it's perfect. And okay, me so too. You're talking me through it too. Yay. Okay, perfect. So what we're going to do is if everybody would close their eyes and pick one thing in their life, let's say negative self-talk, or fear, or um, what could be something else. Those are good, good, good examples. One thing in your life that you think you would be better without, something that's really holding you back. 
I want you to think of that thing, and I'm going to walk you through a subconscious clearing technique that I created called the sweep. And because um, we don't have unlimited time, I'm going to do a little bit of a truncated version, but the entire version is in the book. The sweep, like the sweep, like sweeping with a broom, helps this, these specific words and this specific script help sweep old energy out of the subconscious mind and the body, old beliefs out of the subconscious mind. And all you're going to have to do is repeat after me. So I'd like you to put your hands over your heart and connect with that part of you that already knows how wonderful and amazing you are. Take a big, deep breath, and you're going to repeat after me. And if you would repeat after me, then that will make it so there's no silence and everybody can follow along. Okay. Okay. Even though... Even though... I have this, and then you can fill in the blank. Everybody can fill in their own blank with what what challenge they want to release. I have this. I acknowledge it's no longer working for me. I acknowledge it's no longer working for me. I give my subconscious. I give my subconscious. Full permission. Full permission. To help me clear it. To help me clear it. From all of my cells. From all of my cells. In all of my body. In all of my body. Permanently and completely. Permanently and completely. I am now free. I am now free. To release all resistances. To release all resistances. To letting this go. To letting this go. I am now free. I am now free. To release all ideas. To release all ideas. That I need it in order to stay safe. That I need it in order to stay safe. I am now free. I am now free. To release all ideas. To release all ideas. That I need it for any other reason. That I need it for any other reason. I am now free. I am now free to release all feelings, to release all feelings that I don't deserve to let it go, that I don't deserve to let it go. I am now free. I am now free to release all conscious, to release all conscious and subconscious causes and subconscious causes for this challenge, for this challenge. I am now free. I am now free to release all harmful patterns. To release all harmful patterns. Emotions and memories. Emotions and memories connected to it. Connected to it. All of my being. All of my being is healing and clearing this energy now. Is healing and clearing this energy now. Including any stress response. Including any stress response. Within my cells. Within my cells. Healing, healing, healing. Healing, healing, healing. Clearing, clearing, clearing. Clearing, clearing, clearing. And so it is done. And so it is done. 
Yay! As as you did this, we're sitting in the studio, and as you did this, the sun came out, and I'm not kidding. Oh, (laughs) I love it. I love it. So what that is doing is it's a very simple script that took me a very long time to perfect, but I'm using the phrase, I am now free to release, because our subconscious minds fight against pretty much everything except freedom to do whatever the heck we want. And so by using that, by gently talking to the subconscious mind, we're talking it into, hey, you have the freedom to let this go and have a better life. When we beat ourselves up and try to force affirmations, then our body and our subconscious mind often fights back and doesn't let things go and holds on a little bit tighter. So the sweep allows us to gently go in and sweep that stuff out and be friends with the subconscious mind and and interact with it in a way that helps us release all that old stuff we're hanging on to. It's one of my favorite techniques that I use. And it's very, uh, I found it anyway, as I was doing it with you, I found it really touching maybe things I wouldn't have thought of. That I might be holding it because I felt it was safe, that I might be holding it because I thought I might need it someday, that I might be holding it at a cellular level. And I love how you just went in there and took that all out. Thank you. And that's all we just, you know, our bodies want to heal. We just need to talk to them and address them in the right way. And so this was really something I learned is we want to clear things at a really deep level. We have to do it. We have to use the body's language. And all of this, all of these phrases really speak to the body and the subconscious mind in the way that it wants to be spoken to, which is kind and helpful and, and clearing. I was thinking about what you were saying about how old things that maybe someone said to us once that we carry those beliefs. And then when we're in a state of uh, imbalance, when we're suffering, when we're ill at, in whatever level, everything seems to point back to those things being true. And I'm wondering after we clear When those triggers come up, because I know they will, how can we change our relationship to those triggers so that we keep the healing going and don't cycle back into the old triggered response? Right. So that's actually the basis of so much of my work is that we get to change our, we get to clear those out of the body so that we're in essence clearing the source of the trigger. So let's say in the workplace, somebody, you know, at at work, you know, you're, cubicle mate or something says something to you and really, really hurts your feelings. The chances are that is triggering you from something that happened. You know, somebody said something to you in second grade. Well, if through the work that I'm teaching, you go back and clear what happened in second grade, that trigger, that wouldn't have been a trigger because the source of that the source of that trigger would not have been living in your body right close to the surface, just waiting to pop up. So the idea is when we go back, go back in the past and gently clear, our triggers become less and less. And if we do get triggered, it's a really good indicator that we just have another opportunity to clear, that there's something from our past coming up. So if I ever get triggered, I think to myself, what is this reminding me of? And then I find what it's reminding me of. I can always find something. What is this reminding me of? And then I go back and use the techniques to clear the thing that it's reminding me of because my cubicle mate saying something isn't really the problem if it's hurting me that deeply. It's that I have this other thing living in me that's getting poked. Mm. So that's the whole idea is that through this work, we get to remove the source 
of those hurts and those beliefs. And then we don't have as many trigger opportunities. And when we do, we just get to use it as an opportunity to clear another layer. You've said something I feel like rather beautiful. You've said healing is really just practicing. Every day of your life, you have an opportunity to practice letting go of what keeps you from moving forward and closer to yourself. When it seems like it's working, keep practicing. When it seems like it's not, keep practicing, right? I feel like right there, you just summed up the whole spiritual journey. We can all go home now because you, you, you did it, right? But that, but practicing. We can all move on. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you and good night, right? The, but it, that idea that even when it doesn't feel like it's working, a seed has been planted. Can you kind of speak to that? I think sometimes we want healing like we want to get something from the drive through window. Exactly. And and I learned, you know, that it doesn't, you know, people always tell me like, I was fine. And then I woke up one day and I had chronic fatigue and I had this autoimmune disease. And it's like, no, you didn't. You woke up one day and it had manifested. And maybe it seemed like it manifested overnight, but it, manifest, it manifested over a long period of time. And healing can work the same way too. I believe in, um, and I've seen spontaneous healings and they happen but you didn't heal overnight either. It was all that stuff that you didn't see adding up. And I always give the example of, you know, maybe a, a mother-to-be finding out that, you know, she has this baby growing inside of her and she asks her doctor for an ultrasound every single day to see the progress. Mm. And her doctor would laugh at her because there would be no, there would be no way to see the visual progress on an ultrasound every single day. Yet at the end of that, you know, at the end of that pregnancy, the baby has legs and arms and a beating heart and all of that good stuff. That didn't happen overnight. It just, it sort of shows up all at once. So, you know, it, that's, that's how healing is. It can feel like nothing's happening, nothing's happening. Before I healed permanently and completely, I had some of the worst physical and emotional times of my life. And I thought, I thought what I might never heal and boom, and it, it appeared. So that was a good lesson. I see that a lot of times for clients, you know, they're having a horrible, horrible week and they just don't see how it's going to get better. And then what do you know, next week, something amazing shows up and it's like, Oh my gosh, your body was doing it all along. We just couldn't, we just couldn't measure it. And it's the same for mothers to be. And it's the same for healing. And it's the same in so much of our lives because it's all energy and we can't see it. And so what I want people to know is it's happening, it's happening. You know, there's this thing where it's, it's nothing, nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. Oh, wait, I think I feel better. And that's exactly how it happens for so many people. And a lot of people have ups and downs. I wasn't, you know, I certainly wasn't a person who healed overnight and then ne never had another problem. But I did think I was at one of my worst points. And then I really just shifted. And then I had a few more ups and downs and then it held. So I want people to know that and remember that ultrasound analogy because you just can't see it every day, but it's happening inside. That's beautiful. And it, it just is 
making me think about how sometimes when we think we're through whatever it is, just as with when you got back from India, we think we're through whatever it is, there are other things that come up, but those may not be there to punish us or say, bad girl, you didn't do the healing properly or you didn't finish, that those things come up to kind of give us another opportunity. Not a sarcastic opportunity like, yay, universe, thanks for the lesson, but an opportunity right. <laughs> to really try to live into practice all the things that we learned, an opportunity to go deeper, to let go in a different way, to connect at a different level. Right. And for me, I when I first got sick, I was really angry when I found out that I was bitten by a tick. And ticks are really tiny, so you don't always see them. But when I found out I got bitten for, by a tick, I thought, well, everything was pretty good until I got bitten by a tick, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the truth is it wasn't because when I healed, when I healed, when I really, really healed from the inside out, I realize now that I'm happier and healthier in every single way than before I started having any physical symptoms. So I got to a place that was even better than where I started. And I couldn't have imagined that. So thank goodness I had all these lessons or whatever they were, you know, these opportunities, you know, to do this because I would have never, I mean, when do we ever stop our busy lives to tend to our inner self? Never. It's usually some kind of crisis that forces us to do that. And thank goodness, because we would never do it otherwise, right? (laughs) Amy, in just about 60 seconds or so, can you tell the listeners where to find you and how they can even work with you? Sure. So they can find me on my website, which is amybshare.com. Um, there are a couple different ways to work with me, but the best way right now is to enroll in an online course that I have that teaches everything from the book in action. This is something people can do at their own pace. They can do it um, for a much lower cost than private sessions, and it really gives them the ability to have all of these tools for themselves. And I walk them through it all, so you will get to know me plenty. Um, you know, but but this is a good way to learn these tools that you'll have forever. And it's so reassuring and healing to the body to feel safe in your own hands. And when you have the tools to heal yourself, even if you're doing medical treatment and alternative treatment, this is the part where you just meet all of that halfway to really heal completely and permanently. So you can find all of that on my website. You can email me and ask me questions. And um, I'd love to help everyone get to the place that I am. And I know every single person can do it no matter where they are today. Oh, that's wonderful. And that website has got a ton of free information. There's a lot to, you're very generous with what you share on the site. And there are a lot of resources for listeners there. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amy, so much for being on the program. That What great fun to connect with you. Thank you. It's been wonderful. That is Amy B. Cher. Her new book is How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can, A Total Self-Healing Approach for Mind, Body, and Spirit. You can connect with Amy, find out more about that online course she's doing, or learn how you can work with her privately at amybshare.com. That's A-M-Y-B. S-C-H-E-R dot com, amybshare.com. And if you are feeling a little off center or a little tugged at or pulled by the pressure of world events, if you are feeling a little unsettled, a little anxious, and if you believe, as I do, that collective intention makes a difference, that when we, as people who care, people who are walking in the path of the light, 
set an intention. It makes a difference. Things change when we focus on what is important. You might want to check out the new opening, the peaceful heart group meditation calls. Those are monthly calls. They're absolutely free. There's nothing to sell, but you can sign up and join us and hundreds of people from around the world at this point at openpeacefulheart.com. Now, thank you for listening. Together, we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.